If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on Thea 2, Stellaris, Alliance of the Sacred Suns, and much, much more. Nate and Troy. Hey, Troy. Welcome to the show. Hey, Nate. Good to have you back home. You sound great. How were things out west? Things out west were fun, and then the earthquakes happened, and we were trying to record the show during the earthquake, so that's why it sounded so bad last week. Yeah, it was was crazy. No, nobody believes that. So seriously, uh, we're back. I got my, hopefully, you know, we'll get feedback this time around that everything sounds great. So sorry about that. But it was either every year when we go on our various vacations, either we have to record from location or there's no show. And it's kind of hard to do a weekly exchange when you don't have an exchange during that week. So it is what it is. But yeah, it was it was good. Like the day before we went back, we... Um, we flew back on July 5th. So on the 4th, I think it was uh, like some like late morning, there was an earthquake, a 6.4 magnitude earthquake that uh, definitely got things rocking and rolling. And then um, shortly after we got home on back to the East Coast on Friday night, there was another earthquake, a 7.1. Yeah, I was watching. Uh, I was watching the NBA summer league game uh-huh, uh-huh. between the Pelicans and the Knicks when uh-huh. the earthquake was felt in Las Vegas, where they were playing, and they had to cancel the game because, oh, yeah. uh, like the speakers up on the ceiling were starting to sway back and forth, and they're like, oh, "This is dangerous. We can't have people here." Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely. was crazy. It's no joke. It's no joke. Like if you've never been in an earthquake, you. It's like this. I mean. It's hard to categorize or classify disasters. You know, what's the worst? You know, what's the strongest? What's the weakest? You know, a disaster is a disaster. But I'll tell you this. You know, when you see like earthquakes, a little bit like tornadoes, where with tornadoes, at least there's a little bit of an advanced warning, meaning like it's not like out of a blue sky, a tornado will drop on you. So there's thunderstorms, there are particular seasons when they'll happen. But still, a tornado is pretty devastating. An earthquake, there's no season. It's not like earthquake season or, oh, yeah, we get earthquakes every summer or we get earthquakes every winter. It just happens and we're not very good at predicting them. So when the earth under your feet is shaking strong enough to knock you off your feet, or if you're in a building and you're high up and the building is doing some kind of a shimmy, oh yeah, that freaks people out bad. And that's the one thing, that's that's the one natural disaster. That and fires is I think the most prominent thing that happens in the Southwest. 
So, yeah, well, I mean, it was okay. It's everybody did fine, you know, a little shaken up, but more or less all right. So, okay. Well, it's good to have you home. And let's jump into the show with an update for Thea 2 The Shattering. Uh, this update scared me so bad because I was afraid my game, which I finally had a good game going, was no longer going to be compatible. But thankfully, the games are still compatible. It's a small update. So in this one, they added tooltips to show character stats on the fight screen. And this is interesting. They made it so loading a save game will reshuffle its randomized systems so that different outcomes of random rolls are obtained whenever the game is loaded. So basically, if you want to scum save your children growing up so that way you get a better result, it would appear you can do that now. Um, they improved the Steam save. I'm going to assume that's cloud save performance. And I don't know. I haven't used the cloud save yet. Maybe I should. But in addition to that, they fixed a few bugs and some crashes, things like that. Uh, some incorrect spawns for the factions, but not very much. Also this week, they gave us a video on how to use the um, the event editor for the game. And it's a little bit beyond me. I, I think if you are an experienced modder or you have some experience in coding or using uh, game design engines like maybe Unity, then I think the the event editor for Thea 2 will make really good sense. You'll pick up on it really fast. For me, it's really complex, and it's a 15-minute video walking you through how to use it. It's nice. It's very detailed, but I think the game has plenty of events for me right now. Maybe if someone comes out with a mod with a really good event pack, I might get that, but, you know, I, it, it's really fascinating just how much control and detail they're giving over to the players in Thea 2. I, I really admire that. So that's it yeah. from uh, Thea 2 this week. Yeah, we got we got a little bit of a, a patch, small patch, and a mm -hmm. video on the event editor. I didn't mean to cut you off, Nate. What oh, were you no, about no, to say? it's okay. It's okay. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what people come up with because I can very easily see people making like an easy mode where you can get like some super duper elf or orc or something like that through scripted events or they could do like almost like little side quests of their own where they do it the question is will they use the art that's in the game or introduce their own art so that's kind of interesting that'll be interesting to see but yeah I, I agree with you i'm not i i'm I was never really, I'm into mods. I mean, anybody listening to the show will know that. It's just, I'm not capable of doing them. I mean, maybe I am capable. I just never really sat down and tried. I just don't have the time to mess with it. And I don't particularly want to even, even with, with the Unity engine, even with just the like basic scripting, I just, it's not, eh, I'll just let somebody else do it. And I'll thank him. I'll give him credit. If they do something good, I might, you know, put, contribute to their Patreon or, you know, whatever they're using. So, okay, well, moving on, uh, we had, uh, it's not really new news per se, but <clears throat> Age of Wonders Planetfall is not only coming out for the PC, but it's also going to be released for the console, and it's coming up quick. It's in August, it's, I believe, August 9th or 8th, and um, they've been showing off what it looks like on console. So this week, we're just going to have a link to the first of a series. I believe at the time of recording, there are only three videos, but it shows how the game plays on console and everything like that. It should be interesting. Now, would I play it on console? 
maybe i would definitely let my my oldest play it on console because i don't particularly want him jumping on my gaming rig but i i don't know i mean i prefer playing with a mouse i prefer having that control over trying to do it with a with a you know with a controller you know mouse and keyboard and a 4x pretty complex i have the still i have stellars on console on my ps4 and i was doing i'll talk about this a little bit later but i was doing like while we were out of town, we had a power outage, so I just turned it on and like to get it updating and everything like that. And Stellaris launched, and I kind of saw what they had to offer, and the controls were pretty interesting, not bad. So maybe if they do something similar with Planetfall, it might be really, really good on console. So stay tuned. Let's see what they do. I, you know, that's one way for 4X games to expand out of the like the strategy gamer sphere into a wider audience these days, I think is to go to console, to go to mobile. I mean, they've been doing it with the Civ games. And as far as I can tell, they're well-received. I mean, my son plays Civ on my iPad, Civ 6 on my iPad, and he's really enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, the only real issue here is that the console version and the the handheld, I guess, or the iOS or you know, Android versions are always several several steps behind the release on the PC. On the PC, you constantly get an update, you get the newest DLC, whereas on consoles and whatnot, you know, it's always like three, four, five behind. So all your games are not on the level. Having said that, having said that, Google Stadia supposedly is going to address that by having you playing one game on everything through the cloud. So It'll be, I mean, I have a feeling it'll have to do a lot with your internet speed. It'll have to do a lot with their servers. So that'll be interesting to see what they do with that. And one more thing, this is a little bit of a side note, and this isn't really per se a news item, but since we're already talking about cloud saves for Thea and, you know, Google Stadia and things like that, Microsoft just shut down their ebook store. Now, most people probably don't remember it, never used it, but if you owned anything on that, I don't know if you had a chance to download it because it's all gone. So imagine if you're Kindle, if Amazon's like, whoop, we're done. We don't we're we're taking our toys and we're leaving, and they take all the content, all the digital content, or Steam or Epic or anybody else takes it all away, and you just lost all your stuff, all the money you spent on these digital tokens essentially are gone and the only place left where that isn't an issue is GOG because you can actually download the full version of the game that's not locked that doesn't have DRM so that's that is I think an interesting show to be had there discussing this new virtual digital you know cloud platform yeah. and all of that for Major Wonders Planetfall <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that is interesting so we have a brief update from children of the galaxy they're implementing a new planet battle prototype and basically what you're going to do is when you invade a solar system you switch to the solar system map and then when you want to invade an individual planet within that solar system you move your your fleet over that planet it takes you to a battle map which will be um, populated by the ships that are in orbit of that planet, and then you're going to play out the battle there. So uh, they reported that they haven't had any bugs or crash issues since the last patch, so there's nothing like that in this update. Just a new prototype for the planet battle, and they think it will be more fun once they get the kinks worked out. They think it'll be an improved version. So a little update there from Children of the Galaxy. 
Nate, why don't you tell us about uh, Interstellar Space Genesis? Yeah, so lately we've been talking a lot about Interstellar Space Genesis, and we have two bits of news. The one bit of news from last week was that the game is coming out sometime, hopefully, before the end of July. At least that's what the developers have uh, picked. Based on how things are, I'm guessing the end of July. Having said that, and, and here's the thing. We've, we've actually talked about this a whole lot over the years about what does it mean for a game to be an alpha, a beta, a full release. And I think Interstellar Space Genesis exemplifies that, as does actually Thea. And what that means is when a game... So even though uh, Interstellar Space Genesis is considered to be in an alpha state, it's actually most... AAA studios were considered in late beta because it has all of the features in there, the AI, all of the gameplay elements. So now it's just more about catching bugs and balance and making sure, you know, the game runs, optimizing code, things like that, you know, taking feedback from various people and trying to, you know, just trying to make it happen. So, for example, in the Alpha 2B, which is actually released now, they added a colonization cutscene. So that's that's obviously a big positive because you know when you're colonizing planets you want to get a feel for it so that's neat but it doesn't impact the gameplay so that's just like a, a little video feature they added uh new civilian buildings like the 3d buildings they replace all the placeholder art for that or most of it they added new portraits there's new additional text being added for diplomacy uh, color coding for various things so they changed also, they messed a little bit with like the game's difficulty. So it's more obvious what that means and um, performance improvements. But for the most part, what they're doing is, is they're um, just doing all the like last minute UI stuff, adding missing art and things like that. And they're calling this alpha. Now, there are games that are in full release that don't have this. You know, so back in the day, alpha meant alpha, beta meant beta, full release meant full release. And nowadays, I, I don't even know anymore. It's like different people, different studios call it different things. And I'm just like, I'm looking at this and every time they say alpha, I'm like, no, no, this is an alpha. This is a solid late game beta. You you guys are killing it. You're knocking it out of the park. And they're like, no, no, it's alpha. Trust me, when it comes to the full release version, will be even better. And it's like, are you going to be adding anything code-wise to it, any new features, they're like, no, no, it's just going to be even more polished. And that's like, and that's good to hear. You know, we don't hear that often. I mean, I can name off the top of my head about three or four studios, big studios, big publishers that need to learn from these guys because uh, the quality of the games they've been releasing the last, I don't know, four or five years have not been all that high or all that good. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. So that's it for that bit of news. All right, very cool. Uh, next, we have an update from Amplitude, and the Endless Summer is coming up. And I'm just going to, there's a lot here. I'm just going to cover it very briefly. It only affects those who are going to be playing Amplitude's games during uh, the, endless, the Endless Week. So, uh, first off, um, they're doing this in conjunction with Sega, their publisher, and they're going to not be just promoting their own games but also a few of sega's games like the really classic ones so they've published new scenarios for both endless space 2 and endless legend and one of the cool things about that scenarios is the devs have created custom factions for each 
So it's going to be something a little bit different for you to face off against in those two games and you maybe haven't seen before. So that's pretty cool. They're also doing a speed run challenge for Dungeon of the Endless, which just sounds miserable. And they're introducing a way, this this one, it doesn't make much sense to me because I've never messed with it, but a while ago they came out with a visual novel called Love Thyself, a Horatio story. And the Horatio are a faction of clones made from one person who is totally obsessed with himself. So apparently you can use some type of modding device to create your own scenes for that, which I'm sure uh, both people who have looked at it will be very excited about. Uh, as far as rewards go, there's going to be wallpaper packs for Endless Space 2, Dungeon of the Endless, and Endless Legend. And also, uh, they're going to be giving away some classic games from uh, Sega's past. So, for instance, uh, I think they're Ristar, Biohazard Battle, Fatal Labyrinth, Echo... So some of those uh, old classic Sega games, um, you're going to be able to pick those up. Now, in order to participate and get your badge, you got to be active uh, playing the games and be on Games Together, which is their forum software, which, you know, signing up for an account on that is easy and free. So anyway, that's what the endless summer is looking like this year, and... Of course, um, I imagine a lot of people picked up the games during the summer sales. So here's something for all those new fans to try out. For sure, for sure. And they have, um, <clears throat> you get as part of the deal, um, Love Thyself Ratio is free. And it's it's fun. It's like a visual novel type of game. It's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. It's cute. It's creative. Um, I, th- I believe they're now on the second episode. Or the second part, second chapter, however you want to call it. And all those, yeah, once you either you sign up for Games Together or if you're part of Games Together, when you log in and sync up your Steam account, you'll actually get those. If you select your gifts, it'll actually download to your Steam account. So, you know, it's it's cute. It's cute. It's free. The art is awesome. Those, those digital backgrounds, I downloaded a couple and I'm trying to think of what to do with them, you know, other than have them in the background of my computer. Because every time I look at them, I'm like, oh, I want to play it. But when I was on my vacation, I brought my Mac with me. I'll t- you know what? I'll save it for that. I got a nice little story with that. So, right. Very yeah, cool. It's, uh, it's, why don't we move on to Stellaris then? Yes. So Stellaris has the patch 2.3.3. It's in a beta state. So basically you opt in and you, if you want, you can test it. You can f- give them feedback. Um, even though they're saying that there should not be issues with compatibility between 2.3.2 and 2.3.3 i mean this is usually the case where even if it you're promised it might still break a save so you know user beware and um okay so f- one of the things that they're doing so they're trying to do in the game they changed a little bit how fleets work so initially fleets were just there for basically defending and attacking and then there could be an escort if you have like an invasion fleet coming for planetary assault. But with the addition of corporations and the changing of how piracy works and things like that, your fleets can be on patrols. So they can be moving on patrols. Or if they're sitting in a system like docked in your space, in your station or whatever, your battle station or on a planet or whatnot, they're patrolling within the system, defending it from piracy. So they're making tweaks to adjust it as far as how admirals gain XP. 
Now, another thing is there, um, I will talk about this later, again, about Stellaris, but they're adjusting how archaeology site rewards work. So that's that's kind of cool. They're also, um, oh, okay, so this is a big one. So they have something called the Grand Herald. And when you get it, supposedly, it I haven't seen it yet in my place, so I don't know what it is. I don't really even want to look it up. I'd rather just find it. I mean, like Joshua said, Stellaris is really a story engine, and yeah, it's about a, crafting. Yeah, right? I think that's a good way to put it, yeah. And and that's the thing. Like, with every release, I want them to just – don't even tell us about it. Just add, like, 10 little events or 20. Just just keep adding them because that is what makes people – not makes, but that is what keeps people coming back to Stellaris because Joshua has a couple of hundred hours. Mark has, like, over a thousand hours, I think. And, and both of them from time to time chime in like, yeah, man, you know, I was playing this and I'd never seen this event before. Whoa, and they're not talking about mods. And that's the other thing. It's just like great mod support. It's just that when they they add these rewards and they change them, they make it more significant. I, I'm not I don't even want to talk about it because if somebody like myself or one of the other listeners has not played it, I don't want to spoil it. Because that really is, I think, part of Stellaris's charm. Absolutely. Though so the one thing that I miss is that in previous iterations or previous versions, if your scientists was not up to the task and they tried to tackle a much more difficult uh like a not like a site like a discovery right like oh here's an anomaly let's check it out your scientists can die here it's happened once or twice but i think it was part of the event it wasn't as a result of messing up during the you know investigation or the research so i kind of missed that because it takes a little bit of the little bit of the wariness and the fear like oh man this is my level four scientists I, I i don't have too many others you, you know she's out 22 systems do i risk taking this level six anomaly with such a high failure rate you know so it's uh, it's a little i i prefer it being more babylon five and less star trek in that regard yeah but have, same right? here same here but having said that it's it's really nice i I got a few more things to say, but I will save it for the end because I got to play quite a bit of Stellaris. So I think people oh, will be cool. more interested in that when I talk about it. All right. Well, um, we have an update, a pretty exciting update for Alliance of the Sacred Suns. Two things going on here. First, it now has an official store page on Steam. So you can visit Alliance of the Sacred Suns on Steam Put it on your wish list, get updates, all that stuff. And also, along with this, the developer, uh, Cat Hawk Studios, was really one one guy behind it, but still he's a developer, uh, has announced a planned release date, which is, uh, for early access, I should say, is Q1 2020. So early access for Alliance of the Sacred Suns on Steam will begin... Uh, the first quarter of 2020. You can get it now on their website, but it's going to be done via Steam starting at the beginning of next year, which this guy is putting so much work, like such hard work, and you really have to admire his perseverance in sticking with the game when there, there's there been trouble. Uh, he wasn't originally a one-man studio, but now he is, and to still stick with it through all that is very admirable in my opinion so i wish him the best of luck i hope it's very successful uh give that a look it's more of a grand strategy than a 4x game i would say it's much more about managing relationships than it is about unlocking hidden content but still um i i think most people will be interested in it at the very least so you can follow it now on steam how cool. absolutely 
Absolutely. I mean, essentially, it's what Stellaris... Okay. It's what many people had wanted Stellaris to be, which would be Crusader Kings 2 in space or Europa Universalis in space. Well, this is essentially like Crusader Kings 2 in space or like one of the many anime coming out of Japan that have to deal with uh, the monarchy. You know, once you have the various corporations or families, royal families spreading throughout the galaxy. Right. I mean, that's exactly. kind of what Battletech is about, too. So, absolutely. Very excited for this. His videos are phenomenal. Um, if you want to see somebody who... I mean, again, this is his game, so they'd better be. But often, I see developers, you know, putting out videos for their games, and they don't have... They don't play their games enough. They're so busy working on them, they don't have the strength to play them, you know. But he he really puts in the time. His videos are very informative. And the game is complex. You really need to watch some of the videos. So check out his videos. I'm sure they're going to be linked in the notes. Or you can go on his Steam page and see what he puts up there. But good luck to him. We'll keep following it. We're very happy for him. He had posted up a tweet about how, like, I think within... The first day, within so many hours, more than 200 people followed. And, and that's a metric that developers and publishers can see on Steam. So good for him. Congrats. Good luck. Looking forward to it. It even has a release date of early 2020. So looking forward to that. All right. That's it for the main set of news. And now let's talk about this week's What Is Game. And this week's What Is Game is Astra Exodus. And this is a game that's coming from a developer called Atomic Kaiser, and it's going to be published by Slytherin. And initially, like at a quick, quick glance, you're like, oh, wow, look, this kind of looks Distant World 2-ish, except it isn't. It, it's it's kind of like it's got a little bit, the art style makes me think a little bit of Stars and Shadows. And I saw quite a few people talk about it in our forums, like, oh, this is this game, this is that game. Oh, maybe it's... Po- uh, Polaris sector or something like that but it's it's got its own art style it's turn base for the gameplay it's real-time strategy but not real-time like um uh, command and conquer real-time real-time like master of orion was real-time like um star drive was for example so it's that kind of combat and a lot of people are either oh it looks like it's another master of orion 2 clone which was turn-based by the way or they're like, oh, wow, this is really what I've been looking for. So it's interesting because this is another game that's going to be coming around about the same time as Interstellar Space Genesis. And then you're going to have a turn-based versus real-time combat, similar elements to combat. So, yeah, it, this this we knew nothing about. I got notice from our PR guy at Slytherin like last week, like, hey, by the way, Nate, we got this game coming. Check it out. And it's like, what? Oh, okay, that's really cool exciting this uh i'm curious i'm curious i'm not gonna jump in right away just because i don't have the time but i know rob is excited and he's i think he signed up for the beta i know quite a few members in the community signed up for the beta so i'm expecting to hear back from him and them in the near future so stay tuned we're going to be adding it to our weekly show as a regular news item so again astra exodus new space 4x you know, I've heard people say stuff like, oh, we are, you know, this this isn't a golden age of 4X. This isn't even a silver age. The games are not good. Oh, that's wrong. Yeah, I disagree. There's, yeah, sure, there's been some misfires. Absolutely, some of the games are not like, oh, my God, oh, my God, the best games ever. Well, not but, everything's going to be golden in a golden age. And, and maybe exactly. this is 
uh, a gilded age instead. You know, maybe so, it's um, not perfect underneath, but man, it sure is nice and shiny on top. And there's plenty of fun to be had. Yeah, and there's enough for everybody. This time around, we're getting space. We're getting terrestrial. We're getting fantasy. We're getting sci-fi. We're getting various hybrids of genres. We're getting yeah, post-apocalyptic. Like Planetfall is absolutely a post-apocalyptic game. So exactly. is uh, so is uh, the Warhammer one. Yeah. Oh, uh, Gladius. Gladius. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, that's dark. That's 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 the post post after the apocalypse came and went. <laughs> yeah the apocalypse has come it was cancelled it came back again it was mitigated it came back again it was defeated and it keeps coming back and humanity's holding on well I don't even know if the humans in the Warhammer world are even human anymore but yeah it's exactly it's like we're getting so much variety we got so many different games the last couple of years that if you're a 4x or and or strategy fan and you cannot find a, a new or newer 4X to enjoy, maybe you're not a 4X fan after all, you know? Yeah, I agree. So uh, we finished up our poll for May and June, mm-hmm. and it asked, what do you mostly, on what do you mostly play your games? Mm-hmm. And, what a brilliant question. That, yeah. The poll guide, whoever wrote it up, really had, comes up with some good questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, to no surprise, we all belong to the PC Master Race here, and 73% of the votes went to a PC tower, and 23% went to a PC gaming laptop, which is what mm-hmm. I use. I think you Me do too. too, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But the, I'm right. gonna get. I'm gonna be getting a tower soon. Yeah, I've thought one. about it. I've thought about it. I really got to be mobile though. So. Oh, no, no. I mean, I'll still game on my laptop, and I love my laptop. You know, it had a little bit of an issue early on, but I sent it back, and I had it back within three weeks. And a big thank you, and we're sorry, and here you go. And I haven't had any issues since almost three years. Knock on wood, you know. But I yeah. want a tower. I want. I want to like my laptop. It's it's awesome. It's got a 15.6 inch screen. It's like it's, I mean, I put the specs on reviews, but what I want is I want to have like a 42 inch, and not a TV. I want like one of those. I, hey, Nate's I like, want, I'm getting older. I need a bigger screen. No, I can't no, see what anything. I, yeah, okay, I got speak, glasses speak. thick as Coke bottles now, and oh man, my I god, gotta, I gotta really? have a big HD 4K. Yeah, things so that just, way I can see what resource that is because I can't tell oh, the difference between herbs and corn anymore. That's that I think I think you're projecting here. I, I'm <laughs> I'm definitely not as young as I used to be, but my vision thankfully has not gotten worse worse in the last maybe seven or eight years. So my prescription has not changed. So my eyes are working just fine. What I want is some of these games are so beautiful. There's so much detail. I want to enjoy it. And on a 15.6-inch monitor, for me to enjoy it, I have to zoom in and I have to get my face close. And at that point, it's like, what am I doing, right? So I want like one of these new... I've seen them. There's like 42-inch wraparound almost screens where they're curved. <laughs> I want one of those. I really do. Or 39-inch, <laughs> I think. It's like ultra, ultra-wide HD... 8K, 4K. I want two video cards driving it so I can warm up whatever room it's in. Yeah, like, there you go. That'll be real nice in the winter. Hey, I'm. I just. It's you always complain about how cold your basement gets in the winter. This would be perfect exactly, for you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I need. I need a heat source in my basement. 
So until I uh, fix up my basement, turn it into a playroom, I mean, I, I, I could do it soon, but then I'd lose it to my kids overnight. So <laughs> I need a space in the house that's just mine. And that's one way. But anyways, yeah, that's that's um, I think the results from the poll are not surprising that 96 percent of the people game on a PC. Granted, 4X and strategy games are mostly played on PCs, but still, keep going. Sorry, I, I jumped no, in. No, I mean, that, there's not much else to say. Eight votes for console, four for tabletop games, and then five people play on tablets and phones. You know there's people that play World of Tanks Blitz on their cell phone? I I didn't. I do now. Why? Yeah, I don't. I don't know why they do it, but they'll they'll even put themselves like on YouTube playing on their cell phone and here i am i got like a 17 inch screen laptop i'm playing it on and mm -hmm. like it's not an easy game i can't right. imagine trying to do it on a little dinky phone i I, yeah. I don't know how they do it you're old you just don't understand yeah i use i use my smartphone to call people that's what i do with my phone your hand-eye coordination isn't all that good. No, it is. That's why I don't play RTS other than World of Tanks. And it's kind of nice because tanks are slow compared to, like, first-person shooters where... You're no fun. You're supposed to get all hurt. That, that is true. Get all I'm, defense. I'm no fun. I don't really like fun. Enjoyment is great, but fun <laughs> is terrible. Fun is terrible. You're old. That's I, it. Troy's the old one, not me. I, I like am. fun. Fun is fun. So, so. Uh, let's move on to the next thing. Um... It looks like some negative news for Paradox, which is always good with me since they're nah. uh, collaborating with the Chinese government to shut down expression. So, well, politics aside, <laughs> we've had this, this this conversation before. It's gone all over the place. We've had quite a community response. Usually, I'm all for community response, but people sometimes get caught up in the moment and they can't distinguish the difference between like a news item and an opinion and you know the, the, there's their judgment gets clouded and they imagine that everybody talking about it gets the same clouded judgment so obviously they're on some other spectrum than than they are so i'm gonna stay away from politics just for that sake but what i will say is this uh fred wester is the former ceo now when i say former he didn't get kicked out paradox has this thing where the ceo will step up for so many years run the company a certain way and then step down and join a different aspect of the company so they're all still involved i think he's like one one of the owners of paradox it's not like he's gone and the person who took over she's doing a very good job as far as i can tell like the the company has not changed for the worst there's some things happening that i like and i don't know if that was stuff that he put in that's finally coming to fruition or it's things that she's doing so you know all that aside his lashing out was several fold there were, and there were several news articles but i'm just gonna grab the one from game industry and i'm not even gonna i'm gonna let the people read it and come up to their own conclusion about it but my impression is this part of his lashing out has to do with paradox's dlc policy so that's always been under even even and it has nothing to do with tencent or anybody else this is just how paradox has been doing it i think since crusader kings 2 european results where they're releasing this never-ending dlc but at the same time the players are nobody's actually forced to buy the dlc yeah you might miss out on some key features but with each release you get so much free content that if you don't want to buy the dlc you don't have to you could you might but you don't have to but 
what's happening, I think, is that people are just kind of fed up with it. You have the whole loot box and you have the whole surprise mechanic and you have the whole, you know, game is coming out piecemeal. I'm just going to wait till it's finally finished. And I'm, I fall into that category too, by the way, the waiting until it's finished, if there's just too many things or if I don't trust the publisher and developer, I'm the same way. So he's kind of, there's a lashing out there and he's having exchanging some words on Twitter. And I'm just like, okay, that's not a good idea to do something like that. Not because he's wrong and somebody else is right, or he's right and somebody else is wrong. But I don't know if Twitter is the best medium to do that because the the conversation changes so fast that you still think you're talking about one thing, but it's gone somewhere else. And then you're on the defensive and you don't even know why. And the moment you pull out and say, ah, nobody wants to talk to me. And everybody's like, see, I won, I won. And that's the takeaway from the whole thing. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that he was lashing out at Steam and he was talking about their cut of the games and, you know, the indie studio and how much money they're taking and this and that and the other thing. And on the one hand, I, I kind of agree, <clears throat> excuse me, I agree with several things he said. I think Steam really does need to revise its um, contracts that it has with the developers and, you know, maybe not take such a big bite out of their overhead because there is competition and it's getting fierce, but also because the, we haven't had a response yet to what Epic is doing from Steam. And that's that's interesting. It makes me wonder about Google Stadia, if Steam is, if Valve is not even looking at Epic and they're like, ah, they're nothing. At the end of the day, they're not going to amount to much because the real threat here is Google Stadia and what they're going to do to the marketplace, you know? So I'm wondering if that's what it is. I'm kind of keeping an eye out for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm wondering if if Steam just is looking at at Epic and just going, it's not a real threat. Yeah, even even with all the exclusives, even with all the bad mouthing. Because here's the thing, and like you know, Steam is not perfect. I'm not defending <laughs> Steam. I'm not. I'm the first person. Go back as many shows to the earliest shows we've had here, and I've always been like, Steam needs to change this. Steam is doing this, or Valve. Steam is the platform. Valve is the developer, publisher, whatever. You know, the people behind the platform. But anyway, so Valve needs to make these changes from the from day one. Valve always had issues with Steam. That's not the point. The point is, you can buy your keys from lots of other places and then just use Steam for them. You can't do that with Epic. You have granted Epic is a brand new store, but Epic told Epic came out their their whatever whatever the their CEO came out in the open and said we're not going to do this. You know I don't like a lot of the garbage games that Valve is peddling on Steam. I'm I, for example looking on, on the summer sale, some of the deals of the day are on games that should not be on Steam. Having said that, it's it's almost like a, a free platform. There's stuff on Steam that you cannot find anywhere else. And Epic said, we will not do this. There are games that are adult-oriented games. There are a lot of adults that like to play video games, and they like to play games that borderline porn. Hey, they're adults. That is a decision they get to make. Epic, oh, no, we can't do that. So with the – and even though the the Epic, Epic's, Epic developers – talked about the Epic Store and said, well, you know, Tencent is not involved. China has nothing. They're just an investor, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. There's no such thing as just an investor. Just an investor is the reason why EA, Blizzard, Activision, all of these companies are just eating a massive one right now and just have so much egg on their face and such garbage products because of just investors exerting their will. So there's no such thing as just an investor, you know? So it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, look, he's he's 
he's like me, like you, like anybody else. We're all entitled to our own opinion. We say what we want. We deal with the consequence of it afterwards. It's just some of his attacks, I feel, are a little bit disingenuous because even if you take quality out of the question, if you look at the last several releases for Crusader Kings 2 and Europa Universalis 4 and even Hearts of Iron, there's been quite a bit of negativity and has nothing to do with the DLC policy. It has more to do with the quality of the DLC. We've seen that with Stellaris. You know, we're all hoping the Planetfall doesn't have these issues because Paradox bought out Triumph Studios and with Battletech, Hairbrain Schemes, and any any of the other studios that they picked up. So... You know, that's one. And then as far as his attacks on Steam, hey, you know what? He does business with him. He can do whatever he wants. Just don't be surprised that if if Paradox pulls one of those shifts where they take it first to the Epic Store or they stop dealing with Steam, you know, as a player myself, I'm not going to buy their games. I have what I have, and that's it. If I see that they're going to do some shenanigans, I'll look to see if there's something on good old games because or GOG. I have an account with them. I'll grab the few games I want off of there, and that's it. Never have to worry about it again. But yeah, it's definitely it's it's an interesting one. I'm very curious to see what people say. I know th- some of the people are going to jump down our throat eh, immediately. You know, I I think that's. I mean, what else have we got to say about it? Really, it's yeah. You know, he lashed out. Uh, doesn't like the criticism. Had some things that were bothering him, and then said something about it. I. In the long run, I really don't think it's going to make much of a difference well, at all. I, so I want to uh, add one little thing to the last shout. So Brad right. Wardell from um, Stardock, he tends to speak his mind, speak his heart. He's, you know, emotions on the sleeve, and he gets a lot of flack. I'm not seeing as much flack for Fred Western, and I don't know why. I think from the majority of the stuff that Brad Wardell says, it's a lot more toned down than some of the things that Fred Wester said, at least here when comparing one-to-one. Talking, taking away certain hot-button topics, you know, each person's different. But I th- I'm curious to see if uh, Fred, Fred develops a following of people that dislike him and they just kind of constantly, you know, castigate him every chance they get. So that'll be interesting to see, for me at least, just... Not because I like the drama, but because it's interesting to see like why some people get hate and others don't, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I make no secret of my disappointment in Paradox. I so. I do. I, I believe you. I've heard it once or twice, I think. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, why don't you tell us about games you played this past week? Yeah. It sounds like you did a lot. I did. It was funny. So I had mentioned before that I made a last minute call about just taking my Mac with me hoping that all I would do is, you know, I could play a couple of games on it and record on it because this is my main machine that I record on. Like whenever I do it on, on, I have a couple of PCs. When I do it on one of my PCs, I have nothing but problems. So I just use my Mac for that. And when I try to download games, nothing worked. I had Blood Bowl working. I had a couple of older games and Stellaris. So I was curious. I'm like, you know, can Stellaris run on this almost five-year-old, maybe I think at this point, almost six-year-old MacBook Pro on high settings and it did i still have a game that i'm like 350 450 years in like the biggest possible galaxy maximum opponents i mean there's just like the there's the galaxy's painted in war and the, the machine just keeps chugging no problems it hasn't tried to burn through the table it hasn't sent me threats and suicide notes that it's going to commit suicide if i keep playing stellaris it hasn't locked up it just runs really well so you know i had just a few seconds ago talked about paradox but i'll tell you this is you know, if they do this with all of their games, that'll be awesome. So kudos to Paradox Interactive. They really made Stellars work on my Mac, so thank you. 
So I played about 20 hours of that. I found a whole bunch of really neat events and there's some craziness going on. So I'm having fun with that. Now, I'll still come on record and say this. I'm not fond of the combat. Uh, most of the Space Forex combat, I don't like. I don't like what they've done. It's, it feels like it's just dialed in. There's nothing interesting to it. It's just throw my giant massive ships at your giant massive ships, and I have this loadout, you have that loadout, and it's a 2% difference, so 5%. At the end of the day, it's really all about your ships and what bonuses you can get. So I'm still hoping to find the 4X that does space right, something like Sword of the Stars. Is an example. I don't know. Something. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. But uh, the other game I played is I finally fired up. Remember I was telling you I was checking out Stellaris on my PS4? Yep. So I have another game on my PS4 that I've had for more than half a year that I haven't played, and that's Spider-Man. I put it in. I just watched um, Spider-Man Far From Home, by the way. Really enjoyed it. Great flick. It was a lot of fun. And um, I was like, oh, I want to play it. And that was uh, last night. And my son and daughter were kind of hanging out with me. They were like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, okay, we're going to watch. That looks like fun. So it started out about 7 p.m., maybe 6.45. Then they went to sleep, and I was gaming, and I was gaming. I didn't get to bed till 4 a.m. <laughs> so I get to bed. Uh, my wife sends one of the kids to wake me up this morning, come down for breakfast. I'm like coming down all broken. And she's looking at me and she's like, did you at least have fun? I'm like, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> my thumb is like, it's like it feels like there's a bruise on my thumb because you have the little, you know, on the controllers, you have the, the sticks on the bottom. And it's just the game is so much fun. It is such a fun game that like my thumb is like, it's it's almost like red with like spots of blue, I think black and blue. And it's like, what the hell did you do to your thumb? I was playing video games. <laughs> okay there, buddy, whatever. Uh-huh, I'm playing video games, right. So, yeah, so that's what I was playing. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad I waited this long because had I done it when I'm not on vacation, I don't think my work would be as good. So that's it. What about you? You play anything? Um, mainly Thea 2, The Shattering, and I'm loving it. I'm having an absolute blast playing it now. Um, in fact, I'm up to 88 hours in that game already. Oh, nice. So, like, I was really struggling with it. And then they released that patch that toned down the Lightbringers so that way they would leave you alone. And that's all I needed the game to do is leave me alone so I can learn how to play it. Nice. So and now that I, like, you learned. Seriously, I almost quit the game. I almost quit the game permanently. Oh, no. Uh, and then they released that patch. I said, I'll give it one more shot. And if this wow. game goes like all my other games have gone... I'm done with it forever, and it's gone great, and it is so much fun. <clears throat> I'm trying to accumulate enough uh, god points to mm -hmm. unlock one of the more powerful cards. So I'm like, oh, which card are you going for? Like, uh, I think it's the Elvish Druid. It costs like 25 points. Oh, I'm. Uh, what I do is I play with the Elf Child. The cost yeah. three. It's a. Uh, so I think the Elvish Druid is probably it's a four point card for when you're depending on your difficulty. yeah it's a four point card and it costs twenty five to unlock oh so I'm I haven't I don't know if I've uh, unlocked it yeah so I'm at twenty points now in my current game and mm -hmm. like I said it's the best game I've had yet like most of the time I got wiped out in the first hundred turns mm -hmm. so uh, I'm about to start my first village and like Thea two is great now everybody you should. Really check it out. It's, it's fantastic. I played a little bit of Blitz. I'll probably uh -huh. play a little bit more once we're done here. Uh -huh. But um, 
that that's it because Thea 2 is just too much fun for me to waste time with other games right now mm. so so Very that's nice. it for me uh is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this episode up uh i just want to say a huge thank you to our patrons two part part one we cannot do this without you we really appreciate you and rob is going to i'm handing over various parts of exploraminate back to him he's taken on a more active role he wants to be behind the wheel which i'm like by all means buddy let's do this i'll i'll keep support i'll do what i was doing before he's gonna be like driving the ship so good and bad good is that i'm not gonna be feeling like exploraminate is just holding me down because i want to play games and i have to work on exploring bad because if anything happens guys blame rob don't come to me it wasn't me and i'm i say that in jest he's been doing an awesome job look at all the stuff he's been doing our patrons been growing so welcome to all the new patrons we're gonna have some cool stuff for you in the future and the second thing is is uh, stay tuned we got a lot of content with rob's return he's promising several reviews i've been working with a couple of new authors so we should have contact because all of our guys you know we're doing edits we're doing what we can but everybody's working we got full time we got family we got kids so maybe a new slew of authors is going to be able to get our pace back up a couple of the games on backlog and a couple of other things so just stay tuned we got the civ review that's like i'm back maybe within a week it'll be ready like it's ready just i want to finish like get the last set of art uh dallin who wrote the review his computer died and took everything with him and he wasn't using the cloud save so that's maybe oh, he sh- no. i know maybe he should have so i don't have art so i'm asking the guys who has a late game i should probably should ask joshua i'm sure joshua has a bunch oh yeah he would be so, the guy to ask so i w- yeah, i need art sure. for that and then we have uh we have a couple we have a review for one of the authors coming for uh endless space to penumbra and that's in a pretty good state so it just needs a little color added to it and a little bit but you know definitely when you see it up let us know what you think because we got like like i said rob is bringing new people in we're going to be kind of uh doing a lot of the editing and just getting them used to it and he says he wants to try a new style like faster turnaround which is hey you know what that's all all him i'm all for it Less work for me, more content for you. Everybody wins. I just hope that, you know, if there are any complaints, you guys are at least give us a chance. Not because we have a couple of members that are very vocal and very mm. vitriolic would be the nicest way of putting it. And I don't want to deal with that. I'm just letting you know. If vitriol returns, I'm just going to straight up ban people. I'm not even going to explain myself anymore. I've done it so many times in the last five years that if somebody doesn't know, well, too bad. So that's that's that. And I've never really come out and said it in the open like this. And I think I have to. And I will talk about it again in the future. But it's just what happened with that exchange a couple of weeks back on the main forum really, really pissed me off. And I don't want to deal with stuff like that because I know, you see, and I'm being kind. Rob would have just straight up banned people just like that because he's been moderating on Reddit and his threshold for games and BS and personal attacks is zero. So he's like, cut it out. If they don't, if they argue, boom, they're gone and that's it. They never get to say another word after that. So (sighs) that's it. That's all I got. What about you? All right. I think that'll do it. We'd like to thank everybody for joining us this week. We really enjoyed having you with us on the weekly exchange. This has been Troy and Nate for Exploraminate. Take care, everyone. See ya.